All right, we're doing it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Tamara. That's me. I am your host, and this is your podcast. I am excited for today. And hey, let me just, there's a couple things I want to say before we get started. First of all, we've had some amazing guests on. So if you haven't seen them, go back and watch Carl Meckenberg from the Broncos. He's an NFL legend, um, was in the game for 12 years, incredible, full of insights and wisdom. Go back and listen to Sapria, who's an alopecia warrior and kind of her journey and her transformation and her breakthroughs. So we've had a lot of really excited people on. We've got some great guests coming up. Today, we're digging into a topic that I often hear from you or that I often get questions about, which is around breakthroughs and what are they and how do you have them and how do you have them repeatedly and how do you not make them just aha magical moments that you hope come, you know, when the sun and the stars are in alignment and everything feels right. You've had the best night's sleep possible. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if that ever happens for me, by the way. So I'm looking for breakthroughs all the time. And I figured out how to make them repeatable. And it's easier than you think. In fact, it's a lot easier than you think. So I'm excited to do it. Now, for those of you who have been with me for a while, welcome. For those of you who are new, also welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about how my format for the podcast works. So on Wednesdays at 10 a.m., we record live. So it's more like a show more like a live show. The cool part about that and the reason I did it that way is because I wanted to give you, the audience, a chance to ask questions, share your brilliance, share your wisdom. So this streams on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube um, for right now. And you can put in the comments on any of those. And hopefully if everything is working, I see them all. So I can respond to questions or even share your brilliance with the greater world. So if you're like, hey, this leads me to this insight or this idea, put it in there. I believe very, very strongly in collective wisdom. And that means that your voice and the other thousands of people that, that watch this live, all your voices really matter and we all rise up together. So if you're listening and you have a question that question is probably going to help someone else because someone else probably has that same question. If you're listening and you have an aha, share that. It's going to help somebody else, somebody else get their aha, their breakthrough. And so then, so we do this live and then the next day we actually put it out on all the podcast players. So iTunes, Stitcher, Google, whatever, you know, if there's a million of them, we're on all of them and it goes on our website. So if you miss the live or if you're like, Hey, it's Friday. I'm in my car and I want to re-listen to this because there's some darn good nuggets in there. Well, all you got to do is go to your podcast player that you prefer and we will be there. So what do you say we get to breakthroughs? Now I'm going to have to put on my glasses for this one because I got so many notes of things that I wanted to make sure to cover with you. So here's what I want to do though. I want to start with talking a little bit about breakthroughs and what they are and why they matter. And I want to give you an exercise that you can do that kind of I think will help rewire your brain to think about breakthroughs in a little bit of a different way. In fact, a way that I think is going to be more powerful and more effective for you. So when I started to look at breakthroughs and what that really means for us and what that can accomplish for us. And I know, by the way, that if I asked 
thousands of you that listen, what's your definition of a breakthrough? It would probably be different and it would actually probably be very personal, meaning it would probably, the definition of breakthrough would probably relate to whatever problem, challenge, roadblock, obstacle that you're trying to overcome. And so, you know, if I asked my friend Jessica what a breakthrough is to her, she'd probably say something like something that helps me find my soulmate, right? She's out there kind of on the dating apps doing her thing. If I asked my friend Greg what his definition of breakthroughs is, he'd probably say something that would help me um, get promoted because in his mind right now, he's trying to figure out the next level of his career. So at the end of the day, a breakthrough is really about solution. So here's, let's start with, hold on, let me grab my notes for a second. I want to make sure I go in the right order. I have a lot I want to cover. So first of all, here's the thing about breakthroughs. They are not magical and they are not random um, unless we allow them to be, meaning unless we wait and wait and wait for that right breakthrough to happen. And sometimes we get those moments, don't we? And they're awesome. And we're so excited. But the reality is that breakthroughs are actually repeatable. Not only are they repeatable, but we can actually put ourselves in the best position to actually create them, to actually find them, create them in the moments that we actually need them. So that's some of the exercises I want to give you today is how to do that. But before I do that, let me sidestep for a second and let's talk about what is a breakthrough and how do we how do we even define a breakthrough? So here's how I define it. A breakthrough is a discovery that moves you forward with more ease and velocity. So a breakthrough is something that moves you forward with more ease and velocity. So a discovery, which really is the form of a solution, right? That's usually a solution, an idea, like something that's going to crack that code for you. But you're discovering it like, aha, here it is. It's a discovery that moves you forward. So it gets over the roadblocks, over the hurdles. It solves a problem. It creates an opportunity. But it moves you forward with ease and velocity. It's been my experience that if the solution has you white knuckling it and it's hard and you feel like you're pushing water uphill, then it's probably not the right breakthrough. I'm not to say there, saying there isn't hard work that has to go into it. There's always hard work. I'm not saying that it's not going to take effort. There's always effort. But you and I know the difference between that white knuckle effort and effort that has some ease to it or has velocity. It has like the wind at your back, right? So that's what a breakthrough really is. It's why in our five-day, our AHA Academy, so AHA is being like all those breakthroughs, right? In the AHA Academy, which is a five days from barriers to breakthroughs, that's why it's breakthroughs. Because you, as the attendee, you get to the participant, you get to bring the problem that you want to work on. So maybe there's something super specific at work. Maybe it's in your personal life. But we're going to get you that discovery, right? We're going to walk you through a journey that's going to get you that discovery that's going to move you forward with more ease and velocity. It's part of the reason why I absolutely love the challenge is because the, the five-day academy, which is really a five-day challenge, is because it allows you to do it your way and work on the thing that you want to work on. So it's hyper relevant. Now, what do I mean by your way? Well, 
you're an everyday innovator and your style is unique to mine. So you might be a catalyst. You might be the alchemist. You might be the pioneer. Maybe you're the maverick. Maybe you're the integrator. But I'm going to put you on a journey that unlocks your best brain so that you can discover those breakthroughs, the things that are going to move you forward, more ease and velocity your way in a way that works best for you. So guess what? You can repeat it because the way I think and the way you think are drastically different. So what I need to generate and create repeatable breakthroughs is different than when you need. All right, I'm diving further in the academy than I wanted to because frankly, it's not even open right now. Um, there's only a wait list in a Facebook group where we do uh, notices like updates and stuff. So it's not even open for new members yet. But my point in sharing all that is a breakthrough is a discovery that moves you forward with more ease and velocity. We need more of those. So here's the exercise I really quick want you to do later if you're watching this live or if you're watching or listening to this on podcast or watching this later, I want you to pause it. I want you to take a piece of paper. I just brought a sticky note, but it can be whatever paper. And I want you to put an A on one side and a B on the other corner, right? As far away from each other as possible. So do that. Then I want you to get me the shortest distance from A to B. And I want you to think about A as where you are today and B where you're trying to go. And maybe A is like, all right, this is where I am in my weight. And I really want to be, you know, 20 pounds lighter. That's B. Or maybe A is I've got this problem at work. I can't figure out. And I want to get to that solution B, or I'm trying to grow my podcast as A, I'm at this number and I want to be at this number. Or um, I really want to go after new customers, but I don't know how, like I'm just, I'm not making attraction. And B is like, I have all the traction in the world with new customers. You get the point, right? Where you are today versus where you want to go. So I want you to give me the shortest distance, right? With a pen from A to B. You probably already done it. I was talking. So here's the deal with this exercise. And the first time I did this blew my mind. You ready for it? What most people do is they just go like this, right? Well, tomorrow that's obvious, right? Okay, there we go. A to B is not the shortest distance. Okay, so it may seem like it, but it is not. Do you know how you get to A to B? You have a breakthrough. You have a discovery that moves you forward with more ease and velocity. Okay, I see some of you putting it in the chat. So you know the answer. I love it. Yes, exactly right. You fold the paper, right? Now A to B is just a little punch hole away. Okay. That's the shortest distance. You fold the paper. So when I think about breakthroughs, I think about folding the paper. And every time I have a solution or a aha or one of those moments, I think to myself, am I folding the paper or am I just making that straight line? Because a straight line isn't going to get me where I'm trying to go. Breakthroughs get me where I'm trying to go. When people join up for our academy, we want them to have real breakthroughs, right? That fold the paper. Get them from A to B by folding the paper, not just the straight line. That's what we're looking for. That's the journey we want to take people on. That's what we want for you. So here's what I want to do. I want to take you through just a series of exercises that are super simple that you could do right now to start trying to generate those breakthroughs and to move it from magical to repeatable. So first of all, what you can't do if you want to get a repeatable breakthrough, remember discovery, 
moves you forward, ease and velocity. You can't do what you've always done. Sometimes when we hit that brick wall, what do we do? We back up and we run a little faster. And then what? We can't get up. So what do we do? We back up and we run a little faster and a little faster, right? And a little harder. And all we do is hit that wall even harder every time. Maybe we get a little bit higher up, but not enough. I will tell you. So as you all know, I'm a like crazy dog lady. And one of the dogs that we now have is this tiny, tiny little dog. I don't even know what it is, but he's, a, I call him pocket size. He's a lot, <laughs> he's pocket size. He's a lap dog. So I was sitting on this kind of high chair the other day and he wanted to jump up and get in my lap. And now he's surrounded by big dogs. All our other dogs are like a hundred pounds ish, you know, like we have big dogs except for this little dude. And so he's trying to get up. So he's first, he comes to my feet and then he just jumps up, gets nowhere. Right. He's like barely at my ankles. So then he backs up and he tries again. And this time he falls like on his back because he gets enough momentum to like get a little bit of height. So then what does he do? He backs up even further and tries to jump. So every time He's doing exactly what I'm saying not to do, right? He just backs up and runs a little harder, but the chair is just too high. He's never going to get up into my lap that way ever. And then he realizes or got lucky. I'm not sure. He's a dog. I'm going to go with he realizes. I'd like to think they're all smart that my chair is next to a coffee table, which is half the height, which is next to a chair, which is lower. So he jumps onto the chair, jumps onto the coffee table, jumps onto my lap. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. When we do the same thing we've always done, we white knuckle, we run into that brick wall, we just get more and more bruised along the way versus what this little dog, this pocket-sized dog did, right? Which is finally, eventually, go the other way around. He folded the paper. So the other thing we can't do to get out of it is, or we can't have breakthroughs, is we can't just think. We've got to take action. Thinking is not enough. I think it's really important to ruminate and think and percolate and consider. Like, I think all those things are really important. And I think we need more time to think, but we can't get stuck in thinking. We need to take action. We need to learn. We need to experiment. We need to see what works and what doesn't work. And if all we're doing is thinking, we'll never get there. So we can't think our way out of a rut or over a brick wall, right? We need to find the rope. We need to dig the hole. We need to push through. Like, we need to do the things, see what works to get us there. Last thing I want to say is you can't ask the same questions, look in the same box, talk to the same people and expect those breakthroughs to happen. So our brains, are just, the title of this podcast is the science of breakthroughs. So I'm going to pepper in a bunch of neuroscience as we go here. Our brains are hardwired to be lazy, to be efficient. We can't possibly take in all the stimulus and have new thoughts every single day. We would be overwhelmed and exhausted. So our brain likes to go on repeat. So if you're talking to the same people and you're asking the same questions and you're sitting in the same spot and you're looking at the same data, what's happening? Well, your brain goes, great, got it. All of the stimulus looks familiar. So I'm going to come up with, guess what? Familiar answers. Well, those familiar answers are not breakthroughs. They're not folding the paper. So when we talk to the same people and we look in the same box and we ask the same questions, the reason we get the same answers is because our brains are hardwired for efficiency. So it becomes highly repeatable. That's why changing your environment oftentimes stimulates breakthroughs. So let's now talk about what are the exercises, super simple, you could do them right as we get off this podcast, that you can do to make breakthroughs. Again, just, I'm going to keep hounding on the definition of breakthroughs, a discovery that moves you forward with ease and velocity. Love that definition. It totally speaks to me. 
because that's what I want, right? I want to, just like we're talking about with that A to B exercise in the very beginning, I want to get from A to B the most efficient way by folding the paper. So these are ones that you can do right away. Okay, so the first one is take a break. Do you ever find that your biggest breakthroughs come when you're, I don't know, mindlessly driving, taking a shower, doing the dishes? Our brains require break time. So here's what happens. So fascinating to me because we go from task to task to meeting to meeting to meeting to task to task. We never give ourselves a break. So what happens is we start to build up and then carry around all this really bad mental residue that is keeping us from really leveraging our brain and really having those creative ideas bubble to the surface. So when we take a break and then we distract our conscious mind by the dishes, the walk, the driving, the like cleaning, right? For me, it's cleaning. I am, you know that I'm working on solving a problem if you see me mad cleaning. <laughs> that's that's my way of doing it. Because what happens is that conscious brain, that primal brain that's like all in a flutter and crazy, that brain gets shut down. And my subconscious brain, my bigger brain, has a chance to actually bubble and have a voice and get a little louder. So if I'm stuck and I can't get to those breakthroughs, or I don't even have to be stuck if I know I'm working on something big and I need that breakthrough though, I need that fold the paper moment, what do I do? Well, I stop and I take a short walk or I do some cleaning or I, I don't even have to be stuck to do this because I want breakthroughs to be repeatable. So I do it all the time, right? You'll see me take five minute breaks throughout the day all the time. I clear out that mental residue. But also I give my bigger brain a chance to have a voice and to percolate and to bubble up, bubble up to the surface. And I distract my conscious mind with that kind of mundane thing that I'm doing. So doing mundane tasks really works. And research has really proven this to be true. Mundane tasks help us be more innovative. And that's how we get to those breakthroughs. So if you're stuck in a rut or if you're just working on something and you know, like, I need that breakthrough, just go for breaks. I go through breaks all the time, all the time. I love them. Okay. Oh, I don't want to do that one yet. Hold on. I'm going to change my order real quick. Give me a second. Okay. Number two is um, you need to warm up the innovative mind. So you got to think of it as going to the gym of innovation or the gym of breakthroughs. You can't just go to the gym. Let's go to physical gym for a second. You can't just go to the gym and not having been for a long time. And let's say you only have a half an hour to work out. So you just, all of a sudden you jump in and you're running a 10 minute mile and you're bench punching hundred pounds or whatever's heavy for you. It doesn't really work that way, does it? No, of course not. You need to warm up, right? You need to kind of get into the zone. So what I suggest is that you actually warm up your innovative mind. So this is how also, by the way, we get into the state of flow or we get into that zone. So I think of my brain as something that constantly needs warming up, just like every day when I get out of bed, like my body needs a little bit of stretching to warm up, right? Our brains need that too. So sometimes when we jump in and we're like, okay, breakthrough, go. Well, our innovative mind isn't yet warmed up. It still needs another cup of coffee and you're asking it to do more than it can do. So we're going to warm it up. But here's the trick to this. You need to warm it up your way. So what might work for you might not work for me. So if you know your everyday innovator archetype, the back of your report are exercises specific for your brain and how your brain works at its best. And if you do those exercises for just five minutes, you'll warm up your brain 
You'll get that innovate innovation metabolism going and the breakthroughs will start to fly. So let me give you some, an example for me. So I'm, my archetype is the pioneer. So that means that I am an experiential risk taker. Those are my power triggers. That means I innovate in motion and by putting myself in uncomfortable moments and building the plane as I go. That's how I innovate. So when I go to the gym of innovation and I need to warm up and I'm trying to like get my brain into that flow, I do things that really speak to being experiential and speak to being um, a risk taker. So the pioneer of me. So for me, for example, I think this is why going to the gym in the morning and doing thrusters and push-ups and trying to do a muscle up and like, you know, lifting heavy weights, doing a, an Olympic ladder. For me, those things really work because they're really uncomfortable, but it's that that actually gets my brain going. Um, I love to do things like mind mapping. So the experiential side to me needs to get out of my head and on, like make it physical and tangible. I'm a very kinesthetic thinker. So I need to touch and feel and experience things. So right now you can't see my desk, but it is covered in sticky notes with thoughts. So I need to sometimes just mind map and get it out, but that gets my brain going. So that's for me, right? But if you are someone who's like the catalyst or the integrator, or if you have an inquisitive as part of your power triggers, you might warm up your brain by asking yourself some questions and journaling the answers. Okay. that had never worked for me, but I guarantee you if that's you, it'll a hundred percent work for you. So how it works for you is unique to you. How it works for me is unique to me. So don't do it my way. This is why oftentimes I find people with the reason they feel sluggish or stuck in a rut is because they're trying to mimic somebody else's way of doing it. You know, maybe we saw someone on the cover of Fast Company magazine and we're like, yeah, if we follow their morning routine, it'll work for us. Well, it doesn't, right? And then we feel failed and exhausted, but that's because their way is different than my way. So you got to warm your brain up. Brain. Oh my gosh. Did I just tongue tie myself? Let's try that again. You have to warm your brain up in a way that works specifically for you. You go to the gym, you do the warm ups that match the exercise. Okay. So if I'm going to run, I'm not going to get on the bench press machine first. I'm going to do some walking and then I'm going to do some jogging and then I'm going to do my run. Well, your brain is the same way. So for me as a pioneer, fitness and bringing my ideas to life on sticky notes, right? Because I'm a kinesthetic learner. That's how I get my brain warmed up. Whereas if you, like I said, if you're the inquisitive, asking three provocative questions and journaling the answers, it's not about being right. It's just journaling. That works for you. So we all have different ways, but if you want breakthroughs to be repeatable, right? You got to actually warm up your brain. Okay. The next one is uh, start collecting diverse experiences. So one of the reasons we have a hard time finding breakthroughs is because we get very myopic. We get those blinders on, like they give those horses and races. So they're not looking to the side, but what research has found is that diversity of experience actually promotes breakthroughs. It promotes innovation, creativity, new ideas, new thinking, because you start to connect seemingly random dots in new and different ways. So when you want to start generating breakthroughs and making them repeatable, go out there and start collecting more diverse experiences. So one time I used to be in charge of this consulting firm, this marketing firm, and I was charged with coming up with the I, the marketing theme for the holiday promotion, really all that is to say is every year we send it up, we sent out holiday cards, but we were trying to find holiday cards that were more engaging and interesting, not just like, Hey, happy holidays from this consulting group. Like who cares about that? Right. But I was struggling. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, well, here's what we've done in the past. Here's what other consulting firms have done. Here's what other vendors have given us. 
not what I was going for, right? I wanted something more breakthrough, more fold the paper. Well, I'm in line at the grocery store and there's a magazine rack and I'm waiting, waiting. And I see this magazine that's BMX bikes and everything that has to do with BMX, the BMX life. And I know nothing about them. I have no interest in them. In fact, the one time I went mountain biking, I fell so hard. I don't think I ever got on a bike like that again. I was bruised from my shoulder all the way down to my knee on my right side. It was a story. Yes, for sure. So I pick up this magazine about BMX bikes because I'm thinking, well, let me just read an article or two. And there happened to be this super cool art- article in there about the language of the BMX life and kind of the different um, lingo that they use that really, you know, only they know. And I thought it was so cool. But then I started to think about, right, I connected that dot, this random diverse dot back to my dot, what I was working on, which was this marketing campaign. I was like, you know what? In our world, we have funny lingo too. What if we sent out holiday cards with lingo that only people who are in like branding and marketing and like all this stuff like that we know. And so we, I got the team together and we came up with these absolutely hysterical lingo and sent these cards out to our clients. And I can't tell you, not only did people thank us for the cards, but they put them up on their desk. They called us like, it was so funny, but it broke through, right? It was a fold the paper idea. So let me give you, an ex- oh, okay. So you want an example of some of the words? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'll give you two that were my favorite that always stood out to me. So the first one is confer vulture. So confer, conference, and vulture, like the animal, confer vulture. Those are people who hover around the conference room waiting for your meeting to end so they can take and eat whatever food is left. Do you know those people? (laughs) So yeah, Jimmy knows those people, confer vultures. The other one, because I used to have to, I was a consultant. So much like keynoting now, I travel a lot. So the other one was bin sanity. And that is the insane behavior that humans exhibit when fighting for overhead bin space. Because, oh my gosh, if your carry-on didn't fit up there, right? People like, they fall on fight for that space. Bin sanity. So Confer Vulture and Bin Sanity were two that were my favorite. So does that give you an idea? You love those? Yeah, we could probably come up with a lot more, right? So yeah, you are right. I should bring that campaign back. My point here in this story, and I'm glad you liked it, is collective verse experiences. So I love bringing on all these people on the podcast too, because I feel like having all those different people on the podcast gives us a window into diverse perspectives and experience and lifestyles that we wouldn't on a day-to-day basis in our little world. We wouldn't have access to them. So listen to the podcast, go back if Carl is an NFL guy, doesn't speak, you don't have any interest in, in football, even better that you listen to that podcast. If you have no idea what alopecia even is, go listen to Supriya, right? Like this is, I have a guy coming up who was a submarine commander. All right, maybe you're not a military dude, know nothing about submarines. Guess what? Neither do I, but that's why I'm having him on the show because he's super insightful, but also... Wow, that's a life that I have no experience with. And I'm going to get that diverse experience by listening to him. So go find those BMX magazines, do whatever it is. But my point here is the research has shown, okay, the science behind it is that collecting diverse experiences, people who do that have greater cognitive flexibility. And really what that means, cognitive flexibility, is that they're able to connect seemingly random dots. So connect the dots. All right, I got two more for you. 
The next one is one of my favorites. Are you ready for it? Lighten up. Laughter increases problem solving and creativity. It releases feel good hormones in the brain. It reduces stress. It actually, so moments of laughter and play actually open us up, make us more receptive to new ideas. So we're actually, you know, those brick walls. So we have this thing called the RAS, reticular activating system. The point I call it the brick wall because the point of the RAS, this brick wall, is to bounce off or ignore things that don't agree with pre existing beliefs. Whereas for breakthroughs to fold the paper, we need to let in new ideas and maybe formulate some new beliefs. I know I do. So lighten it up. Sometimes we get so, oh, so serious, right? Lighten it up. Okay. I'm going to share a story that's mildly embarrassing, but totally did it. So this was early on in my career and I was working at a brand strategy and innovation firm in New York city. And I was a very junior person, but I had some great bosses who gave me small projects to lead. So, you know, the ones that were, well, I don't know. I think at the time they were probably like forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Most of our projects were like half a million. So the ones that had like low risk <laughs> to them, right? They would give to people like me who they thought had potential and needed some leadership experience. So I'm very grateful for, it was called the Sterling Group. So if you're out there, Alpa, Simon, Heidi, like you guys know who you are. You're all amazing. So they would give me these projects. Well, one project was for legs. Does anybody here remember legs? Does anybody here wear or even know what pantyhose are even more? Probably not. But legs were this little like egg-shaped thing with pantyhose inside of them. And we were doing a branding project for them. Actually, it was packaging. So we were trying to understand what on the packaging mattered to customers. Like, did we have too much information on the packaging? Too little? What could we take off? What did we need to make bigger? Those little things and selling off the shelf make a huge difference. So it's me and another junior consultant. And we're at the office at, I don't know, like 10 p.m. on a Friday. And we are trying to put together the report and what we think. And we're just struggling to find that big, like, oh, right. That thing that's going to make this report so amazing. We both wanted it to be so great because this was kind of one of our first projects that we were being allowed to handle on our own. So we're sitting there and we're sitting there and we've got all these like little pantyhose, little leg things around us. And we couldn't figure out what to do. And uh, so finally I turned to her and I was like, maybe we should put on some pantyhose. She's like, yeah, great idea. So we put them on our heads as hats. So there we are wearing pantyhose, right? Like we're gonna about to go rob a bank. Like we're prepared, right? It's on our head. We look ridiculous and we start laughing hysterically because looking at each other, we just look, we look absurd, right? Like you ever see the movies when they're robbing a bank they put pantyhose over their head and how it makes you all smushed and funny? We looked ridiculous. But we started laughing and laughing and laughing. And so... What had happened, that laughter opened us up, right? It reduced stress, it increased those good, feel good endorphins, it made us more receptive, it had us kind of connecting dots in different ways. And we came up with that breakthrough, that fold the paper moment that we absolutely needed to get to that next place. So don't be afraid of putting away the serious for a moment. Laughter is actually very powerful for breakthroughs. It's not just for fun, it's actually important. Um, it's why when I'm doing keynotes, I want, couple jokes peppered in, right? I'm not up there to be a stand-up comedian, but I know that if I can get the audience to laugh a little bit, much like I know if I can get them to engage a little bit, that they'll be more open to hearing what I have to say, right? So we'll have a better experience together. Well, the same is true with breakthroughs, right? You want a discovery that's going to move you forward with ease and velocity? Laugh. I promise you it'll work. I'm not saying you have to put pantyhose on your head 
but I am saying <laughs> laugh a little bit. All right. Um, Shoshana says she used to get a lot of flack for starting her Monday morning team meetings with a quick game of rock, paper, scissors or something else. But over the years found that it made our meeting so much more productive and more innovative. Mm-hmm. I love rock, paper, scissors, Shoshana, for a lot of reasons. That could be a whole different podcast. And I love that you said, and I love that you said that you got in trouble for it too. Yeah. So laughter decreases stress and it increases feel good dopamine, but also it shows right in the brain play laughter opens us up to being receptive to new ideas. So don't be afraid to actually add a little laughter. You'll have more breakthroughs, more innovative solutions. If you lighten up, I think we're so serious all the time. All right. So here's the last one. Okay. And that is this view. If nothing else is working and you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling, put on a 12 minute timer and just, Oh, I don't have, well, I have a bunch of these, but take some sticky notes and just articulate the challenge that you're working on that you want the breakthrough that you want your fold the paper moment for. And just on every piece of paper for 12 minutes, no stopping, write down every single solution that comes to mind. Here's why 12 minutes. The brain, like I said, right, wants to be efficient, wants to be lazy. It's going to start with the incremental, obvious, low-hanging fruit ones. And your brilliance might be in there, but those aren't the only ones you want. Typically, they're not the answer. But then what happens? Then your brain's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm bored. I'm over it. I've thought of all the stuff that's obvious, but you got to push through that because when you get to the other side, you start to get to the super breakthrough, innovative solutions. And what people have told me who do this exercise with me is that the first ones are the obvious ones they've already thought of. And duh, they, they're obviously not fold the paper moments because you would have already, you, you would have taken action on them. They would have worked. We wouldn't be having the conversation, right? You wouldn't be doing the exercise. They said, but that's a couple minutes. And then about five, minute six or seven, it starts to feel painful and hard. And they want to give up and check their watch and go do something else and check emails and get on TikTok. But when they push through that, they said around minute seven, eight, the ideas start to flow. And some of them don't even hear the timer go off because they're flowing so heavily. They don't, they're in the zone and they don't stop. So when in doubt, when you need those breakthroughs, discoveries and moving forward, more ease and velocity, all you got to do is put on that 12 minute timer and just the key here is not to stop or you got to let yourself go from the journey. You got to go from incremental to the, you want to jump ship back over to innovative, but you got to get through the jump ship part. That's the part that really matters. Okay. One. So those are the exercises. Let me just reiterate them on my note cards here. Okay. So one is, these are not the same order necessarily. One is take a break, right? Like give, distract your conscious mind and let your subconscious mind do work. The other one is warm up. Go to your gym of innovation based on your archetype so that you can actively get yourself into a state of flow or get in the zone and it doesn't have to be magical, but you got to do it your way, whether that's journaling, exercise, answering questions, playing a game of what if, um, whatever it is for you that works, do that for five minutes and you'll see the breakthroughs come. All right. Diversity of experience. Listen to this podcast and all the interviews. Go out and find a magazine or a YouTube tutorial on something you know nothing about. I once watched a video on how to do calligraphy, not because I'm ever going to do it because I was like, oh, that's kind of different. It's design. It's artsy. Like, let me hear about this. And that later connected with something totally random to give me a breakthrough. Diverse experiences create cognitive flexibility. That cognitive flexibility is connecting seemingly random dots for more breakthroughs. So you have more dots to connect and you find ways to connect them in more random ways that actually work. 
Okay, and then lastly, wait, did I say laughter yet? If I didn't say laughter, obviously lighten up. That's a big one. And then finally, the 12-minute timer when all else fails. All right, actually, let me just say about the timer before I go on. I love the timer and I do it almost daily uh, because I know it works so well. And I'll have to take a picture of my desk and, and send it out with this podcast because you'll see the timer in action. There's sticky notes everywhere from it. All right, here's the thing though I wanna leave you with, and this might be the most important point of them all. And so thank you for all of you watching and who'll be listening to this later. You need to take action on these ideas the activity of creating the breakthroughs is not where you're going to see the results and the outcomes in your life. I know this because I've been there and I've seen other people there where I think, Oh, I came up with the idea. Oh, like, and then I'm exhausted. And then I'm looking for my next big idea, but I never really executed on the ideas I had. And that's always been a shiny ball syndrome problem of mine. But I see it time and time again with people um, where the activity of the learning or the ideating is their idea of the action. And it is not. So I one time went to, it's a public workshop. I think it cost $50 to go. I can't remember. It was for T. Harvey Eck. I don't know if you ever remember who he is. Yeah, the money mindset guy. Exactly. So I don't even know if he's still around. But here was the fascinating part to me. I went for the first time to that type of workshop because I wanted to see how those type of workshops were done. I was like, oh, first of all, who couldn't use a money mindset, right? Like we all love money mindset. So I thought, well, this will be good. Help me take my business to the next level. And I want to see how they run the workshop because if I'm ever interested in doing these type of public workshops where you kind of upsell to the bigger thing, I want to see how the guys who are really successful at it do it. So my colleague and I go, and I'm standing in line to register behind this gaggle of young women and they're chatty and they're excited and they're jumping up and down and they showing each other their fresh new notebooks for the workshop. And I'm, I'm getting excited because they're so excited. So I turn to one of them and I say, hey, isn't this exciting? Like, is this your first time? And there's about three or four of them who turned to me and they're like, oh, no, you're going to love it. It's so great. You know, because it's my first time. They know it. It's so good. You learn so much. And I'm like, this is amazing. I said, well, how many times have you come? And one of them said, oh, like five or six. And the other one said like, I don't know, eight or nine. One of them said like a dozen times. Now I'm blown away. Because what I'm thinking is, well, if they've come to this workshop six, seven, a dozen times, obviously they are millionaires with the best mindset you've ever seen. Am I right? Do you feel the same way? So I said, great. So like, are you wealthy? Are you rich? I said, I don't, I don't need the details, but like, how has it worked? What, what, what have you taken out of it? And all of a sudden, this weird silence took over our conversation. And then you could see them kind of hemming and hawing. They're like, well, I mean, it's just, it's really good to be around the mindset stuff. And like, I have notebooks full of, of insights and they're kind of justifying being there. And I, I didn't mean to put them on the spot. I didn't mean to make them feel bad. But what I got very quickly was being there was their action, not putting what they're learning into action. That was not happening. Being there was their action. So my tale of caution to all of us is to make sure that we don't get so wrapped up in the ideation, in the breakthroughs, because they feel good, don't they? When you have that moment, it's like 
kind of washes over you. It's like, oh my God, that idea has always been there. And I love this idea so much. It's why when we close out our academy on the fifth day, part of what we do is talk about creating momentum because we have got to not only make breakthroughs repeat, repeatable, but we got to figure out a way that allows us to act on them. And those actions can be small, they can be big, but they have to happen or the breakthrough's pointless. So my tale or my cautionary tale or my, yeah, is let's just let's make sure we're taking action on our breakthroughs. So let's have more discoveries that move us forward with ease and velocity, but then let's take action on them. And here's the thing. I think when a breakthrough comes to you, it's not actually fully formed. It can't be. It hasn't hit the real world yet, right? The rubber hasn't met the road. So we need action to actually take our breakthrough to the finish line, take our aha moment to the finish line. Otherwise, we don't know. So when I started doing this podcast live, um, I didn't map out everybody and do everything. I So I had this moment where I was like, how do I take my podcast and make it more engaging and more interesting? How do I connect with people better? How do I make it more of a live show? And that's when it kind of came to me. Oh my gosh, tomorrow do it as a live rec- Every time you do an interview or a, one of these, do it as a live recording. Like you're going into the studio every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And so I set up a few interviews. I set up a few deep dive moments. And I learned. I learned what worked. I learned what didn't work. I learned why I wanted to do it one way and not another way. I learned what technology was better than other. I fumbled quite a bit the first couple of times because of it. But that helped me shape and mold the idea. So while it started as kind of a nugget, it's now this much bigger thing that I know I know what to do. I know what's working. Had I just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it, I might have thought I knew what was working, but I really, I really didn't. I needed this. And this action to see it through to the finish line. You got to take action. So bless those girls' hearts, or those young women's hearts. They were, they were so excited to be there. And they obviously got a lot out for being there. But that's not the action, right? That's the learning, the growing. That's the ideating. And again, I see it time and time again in workshops that I go to. Is you know, people take copious notes. I call it a notebook of good intentions. So you have all a notebook of good intentions, but what do you do with that notebook? Find it 10 years later and think, oh, those were good. It's not the point here, right? We're trying to make an impact. We're trying to influence others. We're trying to ignite innovation. We do that with a beautiful combination of breakthroughs and action. Okay. Thank you so much for joining. I've got some questions in the chat bar here on different platforms around um, how do you know which breakthroughs are the right breakthroughs? So I'm assuming what you mean by that is how do you know which ideas to move forward and which ones to move aside? Uh, so there's a, an art to that. I'm going to give you a very quick exercise. We could do a whole nother segment on that if you want to, because I see a bunch of questions about that. What I do is well, there's two ways. One is called the stop, stop light method. And that's green, yellow, red. And I take all my ideas and I categorize them and I put it up on the wall. Cause for me, it needs to be kinesthetic because I'm a pioneer, right? So I get up there and I put, and I only, I'm only allowed three to five green ones. So I put them up and then I put the ones in yellow that are like, uh, there's something there, but I'm not sure. And the reds are like, yeah, no go. And then I look at all of them and then I start to move them around. So greens are one of like, yes, this has got impact. The investment for it to get it done is right. The timeline is right. The idea fits my brand, right? I've got a criteria list for the green column. I think that's important to set before you ideate right? These ideas need to, you know, match my brand 
values. They, it needs to get me results in the first three months. Um, it needs to, what's another good criteria? Uh, it needs to stretch my capabilities. It needs to give my current customers something to come back for more. Whatever, it doesn't matter what the criteria is. What matters is pick it first. Okay, so you have your criteria and that goes for your green light column. And then when, but I think for me, the magic is when I start to see them side by side, I, I can move them around and get them to the right place. And then it starts, the picture starts to come together. I think one of the reasons we struggle with figuring which ideas to move forward is because we're not seeing them in comparison, right? Each idea should fight for space on that wall, especially under the green column. So I kind of went in circles to get there, but the, the process is number one, set criteria five to seven usually works for me. It gives me enough room to be innovative, but structure. Then green, yellow, red, green is these ideas could be a go. Yellow is, oh, there's something there, but maybe it requires more research. Not right now. Something needs to be changed to make it work. And then red is, okay, no, for whatever reason, no, right? This doesn't work. And then I move them around. I go through that like three or four times before I get to my final place. And then when I've got my green column, which usually, by the way, ends up only being two or three, I can pick between those pretty easily. Because once you have those and you've kind of put aside the other ones, the path forward tends to become clear. All right. I'm glad you guys asked that. Thank you. Yeah. Does that help? Good. All right. Okay. Thank you for being here today. Appreciate all of you. I'll see you all next week with it. I think I have a guest next week. So I'll see you all then. Tomorrow out.